Henry Kissinger, a globalist, dies at 100 years old. The Biden administration pledges millions to International Climate Reparations Fund. What role is religious leaders and faith groups playing at COP28? You know, all of this is prophetic and dominating the headlines today. Well, we'll discuss these and many other topics, all while taking your calls on this open line edition of The End Time Show. Well, good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. I do thank you for joining me on this edition of The End Time Show. Now, I will be taking your calls today. The number to reach me, 1-877-363-8463. Today is your day. If you've got a question you'd like to ask, preferably about Bible prophecy-related topics. There's so much going on in the news right now with the war in Israel, Iran's efforts to surround Israel with the Ring of Fire, uh, what's going on with COP28, the Conference of Parties, which is really the United Nations Climate Change Summit. But man, they're pushing so many false narratives, you guys, and even wanted to get to the point where they're saying that meat is controlling the climate, that it's contributing to climate change, and that they're wanting to control and limit the consumption of meat in the future. Now, a lot of that's not going to be talked about until December 10th, but I'm just giving you a heads up about what's coming with these globalist agenda uh, that's coming down the pike. We know there's going to be a world government, hopefully, and I say this because I normally would say hopefully our government will not um, bow down to their edicts. The problem is with the government we have now, I'm not so sure that that won't be the case. I mean, John Kerry is over there now uh, just committing us to all kinds of stuff and, and um, giving away millions and millions and millions of dollars in an effort to promote socialistic ideologies. And we'll get to that um, here in just a moment. First, let me mention First Cup Coffee. Uh, very important. You know, you can imagine. We're working around the clock to keep up with this stuff, you guys. And we're certainly energized by our God-given purpose but it's also nice to have a great, energizing cup of coffee in the morning. We go to First Cup Coffee. It's not a woke company. They're not trying to rewrite our history or defund our military. They're a Christian-owned Patriot Coffee Company right here in the great state of Texas. They've got many different roasts to choose from. So go to firstcupcoffee.com. Use code ENDTIME to get uh, 10% off. If you subscribe, they'll give you an additional 10% off. Go to firstcup.com. Use code ENDTIME to get 10% off today. All right, now again, I'm taking your calls, 1-877-363-8463. Until I get some calls, let me go through it. Guys, I've got enough information for several days of programming with me, but I'll go to your calls when they come in. Now, I, wanted to, I want you to understand what's going on at COP28, the Conference of Parties. Again, I said that's the United Nations, uh, really a climate summit. And what they're doing is they're using that to scare people into, they need a crisis, right? They, if there were no crisis in the world, there would be no need for the United Nations, the World Health Organization, International Criminal Court, there'd be no need for any of that. 
there still is actually no need for any of it, but they know that they've got to have a crisis to scare the world into bowing down to their edicts. So we've got to have this, the next big crisis. Well, now the, one of the main things that they're pushing is human-induced global warming, which leads to climate change. So we've got to reduce our carbon emissions and CO2, which is actually plant food, by the way. You remember your old biology class. CO2, what we exhale, carbon dioxide, is plant food. The more that we have, the better the plants do. So imagine if we eliminate that. What's going to happen to our plants? But yet they're wanting us to go away from meat onto a plant-based diet. Now how does all that work? Who's thinking all this stuff up? Well, it's an absolute false narrative. So, let me get into this because I want you to understand what's going on. Number one, they're pushing a socialistic agenda. Listen at this. From G. Edward Griffin's book, The Creature from Jekyll Isle, I want you to understand the International Monetary Fund, the World Bank, which is holding the money that all these nations are pouring into this. I want you to know what they are, what they do, where they came from, the Bretton Woods Association. So, uh, I'm sorry, the Bretton Woods Conference. The International Monetary Fund and the World Bank were created at a meeting of global financiers and politicians uh, at the Bretton Woods Conference all the way back in 1944. However, we're we're, we, are, we are seeing the realization of the goals of these things that they started years and years and years ago. They're affecting every single one of us. Okay? So their announced goals were to facilitate international trade, stabilize the exchange rates of national currencies, but their unannounced goals were quite different. They were the elimination of the gold exchange standard as the basis of currency valuation and the establishment of world socialism. That was really the goal of the Bretton Woods uh, Conference. But if you, don't, if you don't know the history of all this, then you could say, well, hey, now, you know what? Maybe the, maybe the um, World Bank is a good thing. Maybe they're doing some good things, so, you know, let's just not worry about them. Well, no. Socialism, communism, these, institu these institutions, they must be located in China or Russia or maybe North Korea, right? Because they're all about socialism. No, they're located right in Washington, D.C. So the method by which gold was, would, was to be eliminated in the international trade was to replace with a world currency, which the International Monetary Fund, acting as a world central bank, would create out of nothing. No gold, what are you going to do? You're going to have something that's backed by nothing. The method by which world socialism was to be established was to use the World Bank to transfer the money disguised as loans and to the governments of the underdeveloped countries and to do so in such a way as to ensure the demise of the free enterprise. The money was to be delivered from the hands of the politicians and bureaucrats into the hands of other politicians and bureaucrats when the money comes from the government, goes to the government, and is administered by the government, and the result will be the expansion of government. Now, while I'm right here, let me mention Birch Gold real quick, and then we'll get off into the rest of this, because you're going to flip at what's going on in the world right now. These world government enthusiasts, they want to impose digital currencies and, and digital IDs on their respective populations, moving us off of cash. A lot of people say, oh, no, we're not going away from cash. 
Well, look at most of the world. Most of the world is moving off of a physical currency. And the, these uh, central bank digital currency things, they can even allow officials to prohibit you from purchasing certain products, freeze parts of your accounts. It gives the government more control over your money, your personal bank account. So there are some concerned Americans that are diversifying their assets into physical gold with the help of Birch Gold Group. If you want a physical asset held in a tax-sheltered retirement account, you can go to birchgold.com slash endtime to get your free info kit on gold. You've got an IRA or a 401k, something like that, that, that you'd like to, um, you know, it's been sitting around forever. Birch Gold can help you convert that into an IRA in gold. You don't have to pay a penny out of pocket. So go to birchgold.com slash endtime. Claim your free info kit on gold because if digital currency becomes a reality for all, you may want to wish you had some gold to fall back on. Because we went off the, we went off the gold standard all the way back under a Nixon in the early 70s. Now, when we're talking about the International Monetary Fund and this, uh, the World Bank, because we're looking at the, the realities of these things right now, the, the theoreticians who dominated the conference at Bretton Woods were well-known Fabian socialists. They were from England. Um, John Maynard Keynes was the, one of their names, and the Assistant Secretary of the U.S. Treasury, Harry Dexter White. White became the first Executive Director of the United States at the International Monetary Fund, and the Fabians were an elite group of intellectuals who agreed with communists as to the goal of socialism, but disagreed over the tactics they would use to get us there. So those were the guys that headed up the Bretton Woods Conference. Okay? So communists advocated, you know, revolution by force and, uh, and violence, but the Fabians advocated this gradualism and the transformation of society through legislation. Now, Harry Dexter White was a member of the communist espionage ring, and hidden from view, there was a complex drama taking place in which the two intellectual founders of the Bretton Woods accords were Fabian, Fabian Socialist and a communist. Now again, where are these institutions located? The International Monetary Fund and the World Bank? Right here in the United States, guys. So they were working together to bring about their mutual goal, world socialism. The Bible says the end time world government will be a global socialist communistic world governing body. Okay? Now, how did John know 2,000 years ago that that was going to be the case? God knows the end from the beginning. He's already been telling us what's been happening for all these years. And now here we are seeing it come to pass. So capital, listen at this very closely. Capital for the International Monetary Fund and the World Bank comes from industrialized nations with the United States putting up most. And the funds consist partly of hard currencies, such as the dollar, the yen, the mark, the franc from different nations. But these are augmented by many times that amount in the form of credits. And these are merely promises by the member governments to get the money from their taxpayers if the bank gets into trouble with its loans. So while the International Monetary Fund is gradually evolving into a kind of a central bank for the world, the World Bank is serving as its lending arm. As such, it has become the engine for transferring wealth 
from the industrialized nations to the underdeveloped nations. Now you understand that wealth redistribution <clears throat> is the number one plank of socialism. We've got to redistribute the wealth of the world, but at the end, all of the oligarchs end up with the money and all of us end up just like serfs, right? So listen at this, what's going on. The Daily Caller, they just published an article today because of this COP meeting, the Conference of Parties, this, uh, the United Nations Climate Summit, which is totally based on a false narrative, based on a lie, basically, but a false narrative is a nice way to say that. And the Daily Caller says this, the Biden administration is pledging millions to international climate reparations funds. Now, the climate, the climate scare is an absolute hoax, everybody. And yet, they're trying to scare all of us into submission to their global governing edicts. That's really what's going on here. So, the article states this, and I'm quoting, the Biden administration has pledged millions of dollars to a de facto international climate reparations fund at the United Nations Climate Summit in the U, uh, United Arab Emirates. The fund, referred to by its proponents as a loss and damage fund, is intended to have developed countries transfer money. Now remember what I just talked to you about, about the Bretton Woods Conference back in 1944 and the International Monetary Fund and the uh, World Bank. So this says the fund referred to by its proponents as a loss and damage fund is intended to have developed countries transfer money to the developed world, developing world, as, as compensation for the impacts of climate change. Climate change is an absolute hoax. The climate's been changing every day since God created the heavens and the earth. Climate's been changing. And we have little to zero to do with that. We are, God controls all of this, folks. If you take God out of the equation, then you could say mankind created all this and mankind has to fix it all. So we're going to redistribute the wealth of the world and that's going to fix it all um, immediately. No, that's not what's going to happen. It's a totally false narrative that's being sold. But listen at this. John Kerry goes over there and he commits all these United States funds. By the way, they're coming from our pocket. You're paying for some of this. I hope you know that. But it says that it's intended to have developed countries transfer money to the developing countries as compensation for the impacts of climate change. The U.S. promised more than 17 million dollars to the fund um, yesterday. Numerous energy industry experts previously told the Daily Caller of the News Foundation uh, amounts to a climate reparations program that redistributes wealth from the West to the third world nations. Get this, the fund will be administered by the World Bank. I just told you, all these guys, they were built on socialistic principles, the redistribution of wealth. The World Bank, of course, is going to, to um, administer these funds according to Axios and in addition to the American pledge of 17.5 million, the UK um, pledged 75 million, Germany 100 million, the European Union pledged 200 million euros. But notably, listen at this, notably, China is not considered developed. They're considered a developing nation. They'll get some of this money. China. Even though the country is by far the world's leading emitter and second largest 
uh, economy. So do, this is what Donald Trump did when he was in there. He said, this is crazy. China is considered a, a developing country, and they're the largest emitter of these carbon emissions on the planet, and they're going to get some of this money. Somebody's out of their mind. So what happened was back in 2015, when the Sustainable Development Goals were signed on to, that's back when Pope Francis in June of that year published his, uh, and he put out his encyclical Laudato Si, which was all about the scare tactics of human-induced global warming, which leads to climate change. And, but at the end of the encyclical, he called for a, a global political authority, a world government to manage all of this. The entire encyclical was devoted to the scare tactics of climate change, but then calling for a world government to manage it all. Even in the article, he, in the encyclical, he, he, say, he says something about disarmament. Now, what does disarmament have to do with the climate scare? Folks, it's all an agenda. It's all a false narrative. Well, he put out that in June of, June of uh, 2015. Then he goes to, uh, the, then in September of that year, the Sustainable Development Goals are uh, signed on to by the, the nations of the world. And that's a socialistic blueprint of the world to govern the entire planet. Climate change is a huge portion of that and of the false narrative, well then in December of that year, the nations uh, signed the Paris Climate Agreement. Under the, uh, that would have been under the Obama administration. They signed the Paris Climate Agreement, which was financial obligations by the nations to pay for this stuff, okay? Well, Donald Trump comes in office and he says, no, that's a hoax. And he called it like it was. So he says, we're pulling out of the Paris Climate Agreement. We're not, he said, that's just wealth redistribution, basically, which is exactly what it was. So he pulls us out of the Paris Climate Agreement. Well, then he has his uh, tenure in office, and then immediately, almost day one, Joe Biden pushes us right back into the Paris Climate Agreement, these financial obligations. Well, now, we, uh, we, uh, periodically, they'll have these COP meetings, COP 26, COP 27. This year's COP 28. And they're, they're pushing more and more and more money in this. Well, they're telling you right here what, what they're doing. It's wealth redistribution, a reparations plan. And so it's all based on this false narrative of this world governing body. The Bible tells us there's going to be a world governing body in many places. And it will be, the Bible also tells us it will be a red world governing body, a socialistic, communistic world governing body. Folks, we're seeing this happening. It's, it's like a book laid out right before our very eyes. And so in our new book, uh, Understanding the End Time, which is a great Christmas present, by the way, I, we laid it out in great detail how all of this stuff's coming to pass. I talked about the Bank for International Settlements in there, the, the, um, the, the socialistic spirit in the end time. We laid all of that out in great detail. The central bank digital currencies, Talked about all of that in this new book. You can go to endtime.com to purchase the book today. That and the DVDs. If you want to do a big Bible study, play the DVDs, and we'll sit there and teach it for you. It's awesome. These are killer Christmas gifts. And I know Gary's been packing them back there in our shipping department like crazy. They're flying off the shelves. And I'm going up to Jim Baker's next Thursday, 
And last time I went up there, we sold a boatload of those things because people really want to understand this stuff. Well, this is called understanding the end time. But listen, if you don't have, if you don't have a, uh, a working knowledge about the end times and Bible prophecy, you really would have no clue about what's really going on. I'm, I'm on radio and television uh, programs, uh, interviews all the time. And a lot of times, not all of them, but a lot of times I'll have to send them questions to ask me before we ever go on there. Because a lot of people, they, they don't have a full understanding of Bible prophecy. And so it's, it's very important that we understand all of this stuff is laid out for us. God did not want His end time church walking through the end times in a fog, like, you know, in just complete disarray. What do I do? Uh, I don't really, uh-uh. That's not the God I serve. The Bible, Daniel chapter 11 says that during the time of the Antichrist, they that do know their God will be strong and do exploits, and they that understand among the people will instruct many. So, we'll get back to this in just a moment. Uh, sorry, Joe, for keeping you waiting. Let's go to our first caller here, uh, our good friend Joe in New York. How you doing, my friend? Hey, Dave, how are you? I'm tremendous. How are you? Getting old, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that. Yeah, getting old. But listen, uh, I hear you, and with all my years of uh, being a part of you guys and and knowing the prophecies, what rattles my cage today is that the average American doesn't have the awareness that we do. But here, besides praying, we know we got to intercede to the best of our ability by the grace of the by the grace of the Lord, keep intervening and praying for our nation, praying for our world. But there's got to be some action that Americans, while we still have freedom of speech, there's got to be some more organizing against this insanity that you're explaining right now. And yes. there's a lot more details that I'm aware of that's going on. You know, but what action do you think we can actually take? How do we organize and raise a voice against what this administration is doing, Dave? Yeah. Well, the, the, the number one thing, Joe, the, our number one, the Bible says we don't war against flesh and blood, but we war against powers, principalities, spiritual wickedness in high places and darkness of this world. So, number one, we've got to pray. Because... I'm talking about the fulfillment of Bible prophecy and how close we are to the second coming. But in my daily prayer life, I'm praying against these things. But here's what I'm praying for, Joe, because I know there's going to be a world government established. I don't, I'm not even praying for, God, I hope this world government is not established or I'm praying against it. I don't pray like that. I pray that it's not fully implemented here in the United States because I believe I can prove prophecy. In other words, Joe... I understand what you're saying, but I won't pray, and I'm, I know you're not asking me to do this, but I won't pray against something that is biblical. Like, in right. other words, no, I know, I know, let me, let me just, because I'm, I'm agreeing with you 100%. I know that's not what you're asking, but I'm, I'm saying this basically for everybody else that is on the call with us here, is that I've had people tell me, well, you know, can we pray that the Antichrist won't show up? Or can we, can we ask God and maybe he can keep the World War III from happening? No, I don't pray like that because the Bible prophesies there's going to be an Antichrist. 
The Bible prophesies there's going to be a world government. There's going to be a world war. There's going to be a peace agreement signed. There's going to be a, a, a great tribulation. I don't pray against those things. I pray that God would help us to, be, to sustain His church, to, to strengthen His church, to strengthen my faith, to help me to win as many souls as I can because in the end times, and we have been for years, but I'm in evangelism mode. So I'm asking God, strengthen your church, build your kingdom on the earth. Let's come against these spiritual warfare that's happening on the planet, um, the, the evil princes of this world, but knowing that a world government is coming. Um, so th that's the way I pray. Now, uh, besides that, uh, will I ever um, do anything physical as far as against the world government? I mean, I'll vote. I'll do the be best I can that way. But some of the things, I don't know what we could do. I mean, I could petition against it here in the United States. I don't know how much good that will do. Sometimes, Joe, we've simply got to sit back and watch the hand of the Lord work. Just like when you had... Um, Nebuchadnezzar, and he put the three Hebrew children in the fiery furnace. The, the, the situation looked absolutely dire, didn't it? And they could have petitioned the king. They could have just raised up in arms. It would have did them no good. But all they did was they went into the fiery furnace. Nebuchadnezzar saw four in there instead of three. And he said, didn't we throw three men in? And, Nebuchadnezzar, and they said, yeah. He said, well, I see four in there, and one looks like the Son of God. And read, your, read uh, the book of Daniel. When the three Hebrew children come out of the fiery furnace, King Nebuchadnezzar, a global empire, said, man, there's something different about you guys. Nobody in my kingdom is going to serve anybody's God but these guys' God. And so I know that on my knees, I'm taller than trees. Sometimes, Joe, I've just got to pray and see the hand of the Lord work um, and then, you know, do the best we can uh, because I'm, I'm trying to win souls uh, the best I can and just be an evangelist in these last days. But I do okay. see what you're saying as well. I, I'm, you know, I'm agreeing I, I, with you. I, I, I am not for a moment saying that we can pray against the, the Word of God. Right, right. I know that. The, wor the Word of God, I've been into it for 45 years. Yeah. I will never, God willing, go against that. I'm not saying that. Right. It's just, I, I, I don't know, maybe it's my <laughs> my Italian temper, because at some points, you know, God help me, I want to choke some of these people with their <laughs> absurdity. It, it's like they're against God. Yeah, like, they absolutely are. Absolutely. You know, and, and, you know as far as praying, I, I, I know how to pray. God yeah. has had me be an intercessor for over 20 years, sure. morning, noon, noon or night. It's a blessing to be used by the Lord to intercede. My first calling is the United States of America and the family of God here, and then Israel. That's that. That's my that's my focus. Yes, sir. But 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 I was just wondering if you know if you knew of any groups. That, I'm not saying let's all go get machine guns. I'm not yeah. saying that. I'm I'm saying just to let our voice yeah. come. Hey Joe, sorry about that. I got a call. Come, I got a commercial coming up, but I'll I'll speak to this a little bit more on the other side of the break. God bless you and thank you for your call. Getting back to the phones when we get back, everybody. As a viewer of the End Time Show, you're getting early access to Christmas deals starting right now. Do you remember that feeling you had as a kid during the holidays? What experiences and gifts would you receive this year? 
Well, the atmosphere at End Time is nearly the same. We're excited because these deals are now available through the end of 2023. Why are we so thrilled? Because we know these resources transform lives and that's even more fun than Christmas, especially in these tough times. For the remainder of 2023, you can get deals like a special VIP group video call with Dave Robbins when you get Understanding the End Time. End Time Plus subscription for 50% off, or my personal favorite, a $10 and under sale for almost 100 different products featuring Irvin Baxter, Dave Robbins, and more. Go to endtime.com slash deals for a full catalog of items. You can also call 800 End Time. Hurry, supplies are limited. Go to endtime.com slash deals to what if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the End Time Show's TV and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning end time prophecy. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com slash events to see when Dave will be in a location near you. Welcome back, everybody. And, you know, Joe raised, he asked a great question. You know, what can we do in the face of this world government, because if you haven't noticed, uh, world government is kind of my, one of my candy stick issues when it comes to Bible prophecy, because everybody on the planet is gonna face this. Whether you're pro or against, we're all gonna have to deal with the world government. Um, now, I know that the country of Jordan, the country of Israel, and the country of the United States will not be fully engaged in this world governing body. The Bible tells it lays that out perfectly. The children of Edom, Moab, and Ammon will escape out of his hand. That's Daniel 11, um, what, 41, 42, 43, right in there. The Israel, the world governing armies invade Israel at the Battle of Armageddon. You don't invade a nation that you already control, right? And then the United States of America, the eagle's wings protect uh, the woman with 12 stars around her head, which is Israel, in during the time of the Great Tribulation from the, from the serpent, from the dragon, which is the world governing body supported by and advocated for and the, the, the principal driver behind that is Satan himself. So those three nations specifically will not be fully engaged in the world governing body in the end time. I want to speak to Joe's point though because I, Joe, I want you to know that I, I, I know I was not saying pray against the will of God or against the Bible. What I'm saying is, is that uh, when it comes to these end time prophecies and things like that, I've had people try to get me to pray that way. And because, folks, the, the absolute number one best thing that we can do against the world governing body and different things like that is pray. Prayer is our number, that's our, that's our power. Pray in Jesus' name. All you do in word or deed, do in the name of Jesus Christ. So when on the Bible, not in the Bible, but there's a saying that on your knees you're taller than trees. Our power now is prayer, fasting, devotion, reading your Bible. And that, that, there's more power in that than there would be me taking up a machine gun and storming Washington. That's not going to do a bit of good. 
I'm just going to get killed or I'm going to go to prison. And so that, to me, don't know if that would do any good or not. I think that on our knees praying, you say, well, that won't do any good. It's done a lot of good for me over my life, and I've seen it do a lot of good to other people. A, a, a spiritual revival, uh, a, um, you know, uh, I, I just, I, I don't know really what else we could do. I, you know, I, I vote. I do the best I can to, um, to influence people with my words and different things and, and teach people uh, what's right. Uh, and get people to live right, and get people prepared for the second coming of Jesus Christ. That's my job as a minister on this planet. And, but as, you know, and, I, you know, Joe was saying there's, there's some things we can get involved in. Yeah, there is. I mean, um, there, you could get involved in some of the causes that are coming against this. Some of the governors have signed, are, are trying to push for laws that would not allow a central bank digital currency to be issued in their states and different things like that. Um, and yeah, you can get on board with those causes and sign petitions and do a lot of things like that. There's nothing wrong with any of that. You could, um, you know, possibly maybe store up some food for times of, of uh, catastrophe and things like that. There's nothing wrong with any of that as well. Um, but I mean, really, if you look back through history, and the things that have really um, helped in times of turmoil and trouble. And when I say pray, here's what I, here's what I mean, when, the whole scope of prayer. Because if you are, if you pray, then you can be spirit-led. And in, time, in being spirit-led, God will lead and guide and direct us on what to do in certain things. I can't come up in my finite mind always what to do. I have to hear from God. It, the Bible says, they that are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. So if you look, um, let me give you a for instance. You remember when Herod was trying to kill Jesus and when he was born, King Herod. And the three Hebrew, the, not three Hebrew children, the wise men came through there and they said, hey, there, we hear there's a Messiah born, there's a deliverer, and we're going to worship him. Do you know where he's at? And Herod said, uh, no. But if you guys find him, you come back this way and let me know so I can worship him as well. He didn't want to, he wanted to kill him. Well, God told Joseph and Mary that there is somebody seeking the child's life. You, go, you guys go down into Egypt. So they went down into Egypt until the angels showed up and said, the individual seeking the child's life, which was Herod, he's passed away. Now you can go home. Now, without the leading and guiding of the Spirit of God, that never would have been possible. Okay? So in the future, the way I'm going to live my life is I'm going to have a daily prayer life. I'm going to fast. I'm going to read the Word of God. I'm going to live as a child of God, and I'm going to be led by the Spirit of God. And then there will be times in the future that myself, end time ministries, that will face some things. And God will say, end time ministries, Dave, Vince, Doug, whoever, here's what you need to do. We're going to hear God's voice. This has happened to us folks over and over and over in my lifetime. I watched my father-in-law, Irvin Baxter, this is the way he lived his life. And this is the way we live our lives now. And God, you know, there may come something where um, 
we shouldn't do, you know, there are a lot of doors that are open to end time ministries all the time. Some doors we're supposed to walk through, but not every door. So some doors, I'm not supposed to go through that open door. So I believe that God would shut that door before we could walk through it. You say, Dave, I don't know if God works that way. Listen, you need to understand God absolutely does work that way. God can work on behalf of your life and He can help lead and guide you. You remember in the Old Testament when the um, Israelites were following the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night out in the wilderness. They were, being, they were learning to be led by the Spirit of God. Okay? That's the same thing we have to do. Just like Moses followed the cloud, just like my father-in-law, Irvin Baxter, had to follow the cloud, Dave Robbins, Doug Norvell, Vince Stegall, Jana Robbins, everybody else, their whole end-time team, we've got to learn to be led by the Spirit of God and follow the cloud. And you can do that if you will pray, seek God's face, read His Word. He will start to lead and guide your life. It's called like the God gravity. Things are coming in. If I'm serving God to the best of my ability, things are coming into my life that are supposed to, and God is pushing things out of my life that's not supposed to be there. If you will submit your life to God, that's what will happen to you as well. And so that's how I live my life. And I can only do so much on some of these things. God, can, God puts kings up and God puts kings down. God, if God wanted Joe Biden gone tomorrow, he could do it just with a snap of his finger. Or the, I should say, just with a thought. Or a, just to say it and it would be done. But he hasn't done that, has he? So... The Bible says we don't war against flesh and blood. We're warring against powers, principalities, spiritual wickedness. That's, what we're, that's where the battle is. And if we can win that battle, then God can have His way. So we've got to fight those battles in prayer and fasting and devotion. That's the way the people in the Bible did it, and we cannot improve on that. Okay. Wow. Um, let's take a call. Uh, Wendy in Georgia. God bless Wendy. Welcome to the End Time Show. Hey, Dave. How are you? Oh, I'm recovering from uh, surgery on my, well, injection on my surgery, uh, headaches. But I was wondering how Ido and his three kids are doing. So the last time we talked to him, uh, Ido is our guide, for everybody listening, Ido is our guide in Israel our tour guide, when we've been with him for years and years and years, when we were on our way, many of you know we were stuck in Israel when they declared a state of war after October 7th. When we were on our way back from Masada that day, October 7th, it was the day of, on our way back, it, what, we hadn't heard the, it was, uh, let's see, Hamas attacked 6.30 in the morning, and by, I'm going to say 11 o'clock, all three of our guides' boys had been called into as reservists down to Gaza already, maybe by noon. And he told us, he said, all three of my kids are down there. Well, Wendy, when we left, Ido actually went down there to be a, uh, as an advisory position down at the guys in Gaza. He's 67 years old, so he's not allowed to fight, but he went down there in an advisory position because I don't think they're ever really totally out of the military unless you just can't walk anymore or something. They're so old. But he went down there as an advisory position. The last time we talked to him, probably I'm going to say two or three weeks ago, 
all three of his boys were still okay at that point. Haven't talked to him in a few weeks, so I'll try to see what I can do to get some more information to let you guys know. But at this point, um, I, as far as I know, his, his boys are still okay. Um, okay. But the war is certainly not over yet. And I got one last comment for okay. you. Yeah. I found wrapping paper that made me think of you because it was sharp wrapping paper. Okay. Well, <laughs> I, I certainly appreciate that comment. Uh, I, I do um, appreciate that. And uh, with that, Wendy, I, I hope to talk to you again in the near future, but I've got to let you go. i got some more calls. Thank right. you much. God Bye bless you all. Uh, tell your husband I said hello. Uh, let's go to James in Virginia. God bless my friend. Welcome to the End Time Show. Uh, yes. Can you hear me? This. Yes. Yes, I can. You're on the air. Okay. Yeah. My question is, I have a question. I've thought this over. I know right now uh, Blinken is involved right now with the war in Israel, and he's been there. In fact, I heard him on the news. He's there telling you know, Israel should stop. Yes. My question is, when this uh, uh, peace treaty is signed, and Antichrist has signed that, will America indirectly be involved with that? And will the other countries like Amman, Jordan, and America and Israel be 100% resistant against the Antichrist? That's my question, two-part question. Yeah. So as far as the peace agreement goes, it is possible that we could be involved in Israel signing a peace agreement. Joe Biden, Blinken, like you say, all of them have been pro-two-state solution. All, all of the presidents really for decades now, even President Trump um, proposed a two-state solution. So actually his was uh, not giving away near as much land as the rest of them has been, but still he kind of proposed a, at least an autonomous situation in the West Bank for the Palestinians. Now. So it appears that we will be in on the two-state solution side of it. However, also, if you understand the situation with the United Nations, that we have used our UN Security Council veto power to protect Israel against their resolutions for decades now, since the 70s. And so it seems like at this point, that we have been able to kind of straddle the fence because we have been, we, the United States has really been since uh, 1945 the principal driver behind the efforts towards a new world order and the United Nations and have been driving that but yet we're still pro-Israel. So we've been able to kind of straddle the fence here and uh, I'm, James I'm coming up on a break here so I'm going to continue to answer a question on the other side of that. but. We have been able to kind of straddle the fence. However, it appears that when we get towards the, the end times, that we're going to have to take more of a hardline stance against the world governing body. We'll have to see all that plays out. A voice spoke to me and said, I've got something I want to show you. I was so sure God had talked to me. And I was stunned by what I saw direct fulfillment of this over 2,500 year old prophecy. The United States will stand with Israel. Why haven't I ever seen this before? One third of humanity will die. What do these beasts symbolize? The lion, the bear, 
the leper. The combined beast from Revelation 13 represents the end-time government of the Antichrist. Understanding the end time. Now streaming on End Time Plus and available to order at endtime.com slash UET. Go to endtime.com slash UET or call 800 Endtime. They that understand what is taking place will instruct many. Except a man is born again, he can enter or see the kingdom of God. I don't care what label you've been given or what label you've given yourself, you are essential. You still matter. This is a journey, and when we get to the other side of that, that's where our prize is, that's where our reward is. End time is not going anywhere. Let me make a couple more comments on James's question. A very good question, by the way. And then we'll and then I'll get to Judy here in a minute. But the in the end times, the United States is going to stand with Israel and protect her against the Antichrist all the way through. The peace agreement starts the final seven years. The peace agreement with the five characteristics, the biblical characteristics. The when the peace agreement signed. There will be hundreds of politicians involved in that. People from all over the world will be involved in confirming Israel's right to exist in the Middle East. Certainly the United States will be involved in that. We're, the, we're Israel's number one ally on the planet. I don't think Israel would sign a peace agreement without the okay from the United States. So in the beginning, I think that we will be totally, you know, on board with the peace agreement situation. However, when there comes a time in when the Antichrist fully takes control. The Bible specifically says, this is Revelation 12, 14, that the woman is carried away on the wings of a great eagle where she is nourished into her place, which is Israel proper, for time, times, and half a time. It specifically mentions that final three and one half years when we will stand against the world government with Israel. And at, it appears that there will come a time when the Antichrist will force the United States to draw a line in the sand and say, we're going to protect Israel from you during that time. How much we will be engaged with the world governing body at that point, I don't know. Because the, the peace agreement, um, the Bible says it's going to be, a lot of people have said, well, it, he breaks the peace agreement at the half-year mark. No, not necessarily. The Bible says he's going to confirm the covenant for a seven-year period. And so, yes, he does commit the abomination of desolation. There will be mass, uh, another Jewish holocaust out in the West Bank region. But when Jesus warned those to be in Judea to flee into the mountains, he's telling them to flee into Israel proper. So the United States at this point has been on board with Israel. With, when I say Israel proper, I mean uh, pre-67 borders. 
the West Bank was created in 1967 um, after the Six Days War. Or I'm sorry, no, no. The United the 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 West Bank was created when they had the uh, the armistice line armistice line in 1949 after the war for independence that created the West Bank Jordan illegally occupied that land all the way up to half of Jerusalem East Jerusalem all the way across there Jordan illegally occupied that in 1967 Israel took all that back and we have the West Bank today which is on those 67 lines that was the armistice line uh, originally. So, Jesus warned those that be in Judea to flee. He didn't warn Israel proper. He said, let the, he said when you see the abomination of desolation occur, let them which be in Judea, the modern-day West Bank, Judea, Samaria, let them flee. So they're going to flee into Israel proper. You say, how do you know that? I thought they were going to go down into Petra. No. If you've ever been to Petra, that would be a suicide mission for Jews to go down to Petra. One bomb would blow up everybody in the place. I've been down to Petra, and you can only get, what, maybe maybe seven or 800 people in that place. There's no way. Everybody would die if they went down to Petra. They're going to go into Israel proper because the Bible says uh, in Zechariah that Judah will be fighting in Jerusalem at the Battle of Armageddon. They can't do that if they're hiding in a cave somewhere down in Petra. Okay, so they're going to flee into Israel proper. So how much... The United States is involved when we get all the way to the end at the Battle of Armageddon. I don't know for sure, but it, they will be involved in getting the peace agreement signed because I don't think Israel would sign one without the United States. Okay. All right. So I'm going to go to the phones. Let me first mention Ready Pantry really quick. Um, you know, when we talk about all this stuff, I, it seems kind of dicey. I, I, I'm, I'm just trusting God all the way through the whole thing. I trust Him now, and I'll trust Him in the future. But, yeah, I mean, over the last few years, you've seen grocery stores that could, you know, and um, supply, have, grocery stores have been running out of stuff. Supply chains could cl collapse. A lot of different things could happen. Food supplies could diminish over time. And, you know, certainly we're going to pray for the best, but we're going to prepare in the future for the worst. So, uh, moving on here, the, um, the different things that uh, could happen in the future... Uh, if you go to readypantry.com, there's a lot of things that uh, could help us. Readypantry.com slash endtime. And readypantry.com slash endtime, they offer that 25-year shelf-stable food. And, you know, there's a many different things that could happen. Hurricanes, grid collapses, rolling blackouts. Uh, and so go to readypantry.com slash endtime to uh, purchase some of your food. And it's a great deal. And they've got all kinds of deals on right now, so certainly would want you uh, to visit them to prepare for future events. Okay, let's go straight to Judy in New Jersey. God bless Judy. Welcome to the End Time Show. Thank you so much. God bless you. I have a book that um, has scriptures and everything saying that the Antichrist will come from the Middle East. Yeah. And I, I understand you, you guys don't believe that, so... Could you explain a little bit? Yeah. So there's a couple thoughts uh, that I've heard from people who believe he's going to come from the Middle East. Number one, the Bible in one place, and the Bible refers to at one point the Antichrist as the Assyrian. And so a lot of people, uh, well, I shouldn't say a lot of people, I mean, there are some people that teach that he will come from Turkey. I know one guy teaches that he could be Erdogan from Turkey. 
because of he's got to be an Assyrian, even though there are half a million plus Assyrians in Europe now. They migrate, and um, so that, that prophecy is well over 2,000 years old. So there are half a million plus Assyrians in Europe, and I know another guy teaches that because most of the prophecies, most of the end-time prophecies are centered on Israel, that the Antichrist it, it, it certainly has to come from a Middle East type situation. Okay, well, neither one of those theories are true. The Bible specific, now, if Turkey were to be, uh, become a member of the EU, then possibly. However, currently, the Bi I know specifically, I can prove this beyond a shadow of a doubt. Once you understand <clears throat> that the, the statue, the image that Nebuchadnezzar had a vision of in Daniel chapter 2, he saw a head, in, a head of gold, arms and breasts of silver, belly and thighs of brass, legs of iron, feet of iron mingled with clay. It specifically says that these empires, each one of them would rule the world during their known era all the way from Nebuchadnezzar's Babylonian Empire all the way back in, what, 604 to 606 B.C. all the way to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Okay. They would rule their, the, the world during their era. Well, the head of gold was Nebuchadnezzar. Arms and breasts of silver was the Medes and the Persians that, took, that um, invaded the Babylonian kingdom, the night of, of uh, Belshazzar's impious feast, when the handwriting on the wall, that night the, yeah. the Medes and the Persians invaded. They took over. They ruled the world. Then the, the Grecians, Alexander the Great. Then the Roman Empire for almost 500 years. They ruled while Jesus Christ was here on the earth. And then the final one, the, leg, the feet of iron mingled with clay, just for the sake of time here, is the Holy Roman Empire. Not the Roman Empire the Holy Roman Empire, always run by the most political figure from Europe and the most religious figure from Rome, who was always the Pope, all the way from the time Pope Leo III crowned Charlemagne, the first emperor of the Holy Roman Empire, all the way to the second coming of Jesus Christ. So, the, 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 the Holy Roman Empire ruled from 800 to 1806. Then Napoleon defeated Francis II. They thought the dream died, but it never did. In uh, November of 2009, the Holy Roman Empire was reborn when they signed the Lisbon Treaty, which gave European Union its own constitution, their foreign minister, their president. It's now been reborn, and now we're living through the reestablishment of the rebirth of the Holy Roman Empire. Okay, so the ten toes on Nebuchadnezzar's vision are ten kings. The Bible tells us that. They're the same ten kings. Well, and the, so the Bible tells us that at that point, at the bottom, all the way on the feet, that a stone in Daniel 2 would be cut out of the mountain without hands. It would come down and hit the image on the feet, and the entire world-governing image would be destroyed. Okay. The Bible says that stone that came down would fill the whole earth and become great. It's the kingdom of God. Well, if you go to Daniel 7... The ten kings on the ten horned beast, the Bible says that they will be in power at the time when the Ancient of Days will come to establish his kingdom here on the earth. So the ten toes in Daniel 2, 
the ten uh, horns on the ten horn beast in Daniel 7 are the exact same thing. The rest of everything, the, the rest of the image on Daniel 2 and the other beast in Daniel 7 are not a mirror image of each other. That's where a lot of people get this stuff really screwed up. Because the empires in Daniel 2, on Nebuchadnezzar's vision, they would rule the world during their known era, but they're not here anymore. The nations symbolized by the animals in Daniel 7, the Bible says they would all be here at the time when the Ancient of Days comes back to establish His kingdom here on the earth. So Daniel 7 is not a mirror image of Daniel 2. But the ten toes on Nebuchadnezzar's vision and the ten horns on the, ten, the kings are both the same thing. They come from the European Union, the reborn Holy Roman Empire. Okay, the Bible specifically tells us in Daniel 7, a little horn will uproot three of those horns. These are kings. Will uproot three of these horns, become great, and have a mouth speaking great things. Daniel 7 on down in the chapter tells us that he is the Antichrist and that he will make war with the saints. Revelation 13, 5, when it talks about the Antichrist, it says he makes war with the saints. He has a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. It's the Antichrist. Where does he come from? He, it specifically tells us he comes from the Holy Roman Empire, which is the current European Union. So, I know there are people that teach he comes from the Middle East, but that simply is not scriptural, Judy. Okay. Yes. I'm going to go into a much deeper study of the scriptures and okay. beginning right. with Daniel 2 and 7. <laughs> yes, absolutely. All right. Well, God bless you, my friend. And, and anytime I can answer some questions, just let me know. All right. God bless you. Thank you for the call. Man, guys, I'm, I'm, I'm just coming up to the end here. I'm sorry I'm not going to be able to take any more calls, but I do thank you all for joining me today. And I love you all. And I look forward to talking to you guys again in the future. we got a lot of great conferences coming up. I'll be on Jim Baker next week. Looks like we're going to be going to Greece and teaching prophecy at a big camp meeting next July. So many doors are being opened for end time ministries right now. I'm thankful to God for everything he's doing. He is helping us to share the gospel of the kingdom of God around the world. We love you all. Thanks for watching and supporting us over the years.